Hello there, audience members. Um, thank you for joining us again on The Beauty and the Brain. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who may have missed our debut podcast last week, um, we are Alina and Nadi, aka The Beauty and the Brain, and we are here to basically show you all how to bring basic bitch interests and topics into the intellectual uh, sphere. AKA, you know, how you can trick your smart friends, i.e. Maddie, uh, into thinking that you're really participating in their dinner chat when you're actually talking about the things that matter to you and are happening in the world around us. Fair enough. Um, I honestly think we're doing a public service by showing people that even what they perceive to be basic bitch topics have the potential to be really fucking deep. I mean, last week's episode went from porn meets Hallmark to what are the confines that are holding us back from living a fulfilling and fruitful relationship? Here, here. I mean, public service. Yes. I, I love that. And I agree. And, you know, um, Hey, if we can, if we can make one dinner conversation a little bit less painful for, for the basic bitches out there, like I'm down, I'm here for it. 100%. So, uh, so awesome. Okay. So Maddie, just let's go ahead. Let's get into it. I'm excited. Um, you know, that I have been dying to discuss today's topic. And I think this one is going to take us on quite the journey. There's a lot to kind of cover, to unpack. Um, And considering the fact that it's still an ongoing thing, I feel like we are going to maybe kind of bring this up in a couple of episodes as this continues to, to unfold. So for today, like I would love for you to help me understand the Free Britney movement because I'm all about it, but realize that I like probably don't know what I'm supporting on Instagram. Yeah, it's a pretty convoluted one and really messy. I really feel for Brittany. I mean, you and I both grew up listening to her music. So um, it's insane that someone who's been so entrenched, I think, in just pop culture and I think to some degree how women are viewed in media and all of these other elements to her. She is so much more than just a pop star, right? Um she's like such a tie to our own history growing up that like, this is, this is a pretty big one. Um, and so, you know, I would love if you would take us or like give us your take on the situation at hand before we kind of deep dive into some of the other uh, more deeper elements, if you will. Of course. Um, but before we, before I guess I talk about the current state of Brittany and the conservatorship and all of that, um, I just want to say totally agree with you that Brittany kind of, I feel like shaped so much of like who we are. I know it sounds so corny, but like, let me tell you, I got my belly button pierced because of Brittany may or may not, (laughs) may or may not have, you know, started thinking that I was, uh, you know, somebody that should be wearing crop tops because of Brittany. And so, you know, Brittany, thank you. I actually went to her camp. I don't know if you know that about me. I kind of keep that as a a little secret. My God. Uh, Yeah. I went to Brittany camp for a couple of years when I was like 12 to maybe 15 or 16, um, and, and yeah, like, thanks Brittany for the dance classes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway. Okay. So, I mean, you know, we, we won't get into the details. Um, there's lots of other content out there. Like for example, Brittany's Graham, amazing podcast. I listened to this kind of preparation for this just to get a holistic view of what actually happened. Um, specifically the episode where they like dropped that voicemail and it was kind of wild, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, I think everybody, you know, grew up with Brittany probably remembers that year or that moment where back in 2007, 2008, when she 
kind of, I think lost it a little bit. Um, and when I say lost it, I mean, just like, was like, fuck this. I'm over it. You know, shaved her head, you know, went after that paparazzo with the umbrella and the car, that whole thing. Um, but I feel like the whole conservatorship and that's what, you know, the free Britney movement is about was when her dad was basically granted like power over her entire life, right? Like her money, her work, her relationships, like her, her body, which I didn't know that until very recently that he literally was the one or he had a say in whether or not she used birth control, which is just fucking wild to me. Yeah. Um, a conservatorship is a pretty big, big, big thing in our own legal system. Um, definitely flawed. And we'll definitely get into that later. Um, I feel for the girl to be told that, you know, you can't have children and I'm going to make that very clear to have no control over what you get to wear, what you get to post, uh, what you can do with your money. Um, it's kind of frightening, honestly. Um, and what's wild to me about all of this truly is that, you know, free Britney as a movement came about years ago, like before the rise of social media, before the past even couple of years. And those people were titled as conspiracy theorists, like, but lo and behold, turns out it was fucking true. Um, and I just want to note too that, you know, because I feel like there's so many things that are coming out now that were once considered conspiracy theories, but people are like, ha ha, look at, we were right. Told you so. Um, but you know, supposedly the term conspiracy theory, I, I read this several, several times and I don't really know if it's true, but I, I can get with it. Um, that it was like coined by the CIA back in the sixties. Um, and as you know, the CIA government agency has done a lot of like kind of shady things, um, over the years, uh, to say the least. Um, and they use the term to discredit people who would question the government and its antics. And it was basically used as a form of propaganda to be like, no, the U.S. government would never do anything like that. The CIA would never do anything like that. Those are conspiracy theorists. And the fact that like Jamie, who is, you know, Britney Spears' father has been utilizing that same tactic to discredit this whole movement and be like, no, you all are crazy. You don't know what's going on with Britney. I'm doing this out of a love for her. I'm her father. I would never. And to be honest, her dad triggers the absolute shit out of my childhood PTSD. Like he as a person and like watching everything unfold the way that it is like, I can see him as a little bit of a narcissistic parent um, thinking that he knows what's best for her outside of herself. Um, and just seeing some of the more shadier antics that are going on behind this case, it, it truly blows my mind. But just going back to the fact that like this was once a conspiracy theory and now it is not as has been witnessed by a lot of the legal documentation that's coming out and the documentaries and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, it's absolutely mind boggling to me that this started or this like literally started with that that podcast. Um, and I think it's it's crazy. Like I said, I went back and I listened to the original episode where they were like, this is breaking. Holy shit. We got this voicemail from somebody. And the fact that they, you know, this started off as they were just dissecting Britney's Instagram, which I think everybody has probably looked at a couple of her posts in the past and been like, Hmm, what's going on here? Why is she meowing? Why is she like, is she coherent? Um, or is she lucid? And then I think the thing that really like, I guess, led them to start questioning whether everything was copacetic was 
somebody had posted something about like, oh, it's time for self-care, whatever, after a hiatus on social media and in the public. And rather than using an emoji, they did like the um, colon parentheses, like smiley face. Mm. And now literally like these, these chicks were so ingrained and knowledgeable about her, her Instagram style and habits and her whereabouts that they were like, wait, that's not Brittany. That's not on brand. And then that again, like it led to this whole hotline and somebody left them a voicemail and then they went back and forth with him. And I was just like, holy shit, (laughs) that's crazy. I mean, if, if I ever need like a P a PI or something, like I may seriously consider calling them and seeing if they are down for some kind of a career change. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like this is going to be a multi-episode topic. So, um, I guess before we go ahead and like jump into like what the fuck a conservatorship is and like what, what this means, um, just a really quick high level overview again, like for all of you who maybe aren't as well-versed on what's going on, um, I would recommend, you know, there's lots of content out there. So I guess high level overview is in about 2007 or 2008, right? Brittany, she had that episode, we'll call it with the paparazzo and shaving her head. And then, um, she was, I guess, deemed maybe, you know, unable to care for herself and make the decisions. Um, and then her dad was appointed a conservatorship, uh, fast forward a couple of years, you know, it, it, it turns out that that was supposed to be a temporary thing for one year. It was supposed to be over post, uh, the circus tour. And then her dad just never petitioned the court for that. Then, you know, there's lots of questions about Brittany's state of mind, whether or not she was under the influence for literally a decade. Um, And a couple of years ago, I think it was 2017 or 2019. I forget off the top of my head. Um, But that whole Instagram post happened, which then led to this voicemail that was then leaked, which started the Free Brittany movement. Um, And then in 2000. I believe it was 2019 when Brittany decided to cancel her second Vegas residency. And there was all that weirdness around how she was supposed to announce it, but then she just kind of was like, fuck this, walked off stage. Um, her, one of her conservators, Andrew Wallet, which I mean, like with a name like that, I, I am personally inclined to think that uh, you sound like a fucking sketchball. Sorry, Mr. Wallet, but you do. Um, he just like randomly resigned after being granted this like fat race. And, you know, people were like, Hmm, why are you walking away from, you know, $40,000 a month or something like that? Doesn't sound copacetic there. Um, and then it turns out that, you know, he, I guess was so disturbed by what was going on with Brittany, um, that they had like forced her into this mental institution against her will and blah, blah, blah. Um, and again, I think that that was when like these quote unquote conspiracy theorists started to put the pieces of the puzzle together, which led to this whole free Britney movement. People are now really, really like watching her Instagram, like a hawk. Cause it seems like that's the only way that she could communicate with us. Um, and I mean, I, I just think the, the whole thing is, is, is crazy that folks were able to kind of discern what was actually happening to her through these like cryptic messages. So again, fast forward to today, there are lots of documentaries, legal documents are coming out. Half her fucking team has quit because it sounds mm-hmm. like they're not cool with whatever's going down. Um, and she is trying to get out of this situation, right? Or at the very least, trying to have her dad removed from the conservatorship. Yeah. I guess, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Did I miss anything, Mads? Uh, no. I just, as you were going through, just thinking about some of the more disturbing elements. Um, and I think I just want to make note of it before we get into things that 
Um, for those of you who are interested in going in deeper about it outside of what we discussed today, the New York Times did a documentary piece called Framing Britney. And one of the things that had been noted was that in one of the court documents about the conservatorship, or I think it was a request for a raise of the conservatorship, is that the conservatorship itself can be seen as a business, which I, my mind was really blown by that. And I think that's where you see how insidious this particular situation is. And I also just want to frame or note that conservatorships as a whole have a little bit of an insidious element to it. And so um, I'm really glad that we're actually doing this podcast so we can kind of bring light to some of the, the darker elements that I'm happy to, to deep dive into. I know that you're going to talk a little bit about like what they mean, how they mm-hmm. happen, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's absolutely fucking mind boggling that this can happen to like to Brittany, to Godney, right? Like someone who has a platform, someone who, you know, clearly can, and obviously is now trying to reach out for help. But can you imagine like folks who, who don't have the eyeballs of, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of people, like hundred percent. I, 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 just again, hearing what's happening to someone of her stature, I can't even imagine what happens to people who really can't help themselves. So, okay, let's go ahead. And I think jump into it. Um, I guess it's just a legal piece. Like, so Matt's like, let's start with the basics. What the fuck is a conservatorship and how, how does somebody get to say like, Oh, let me step in and I will collect hundreds of thousands of dollars from you Mm -hmm. to control your life. Yeah. So, um, A conservatorship is essentially when a judge appoints a responsible person or an organization called the conservator to care for another adult known as the conservatee who cannot care for him or herself or manage their own finances. So there are three types and mind you, I'm only gonna focus on California state law. I'm sure that there are, you know, every state may have it, may or may not have its own variations of this. Um, so the beauty of having, you know, state versus federal system, um, but there are three types. So there's the probate general, which basically it's conservatorships of adults who cannot take care of themselves or their finances. And these conservatees are typically elderly people. Um, but it can also be younger people who've been, you know, seriously impaired. Like, let's say, for example, you get into a really terrible car accident, Um, you know, you're paralyzed or, you know, something, heaven forbid, but something severe does happen. You're unable to take care of yourself. That's when a probate general conservatorship can be applied. There's also probate limited, which is conservatorships of adults with developmental disabilities who cannot fully, you know, care for themselves or their finances. Uh, Conservatees and limited conservatorships do not need the higher level of care or help that conservatees in general conservatorships need. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, wild. And then this is there, why I didn't go to law school. I tried. I really did try. And I was like, nope. You know, uh, a lot of this stuff is is wild. And I think our legal system at times can be a maze to navigate. And there are lots of loopholes, unfortunately, that um people will abuse, um, which is really sad. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's it is what it is, but let me let me continue on with the, the last conservatorship <laughs> type, which is LPS. Um, and that is typically used for adults with serious mental health illnesses who need special care. So these are people, you know, 
who usually need more like restrictive living arrangements, you know, who are living in locked facilities and require like extensive mental health treatment. Um, so that's, I think the most like the top tier, most severe type of conservatorship that there is. Um, the court can also just want to preface, uh, can appoint a conservator of the estate, which is basically the finances of the person, um, and can also appoint a conservator of the person. So it's like, it's, it's, it's sort of two tiered, right? So one piece of it is actually being able to take care of the person. Um, so, you know, making their medical decisions, making sure they're clothed, fed, you're the one making all those decisions on behalf of them to take care of them as a human. And then the other piece of it is being a conservator of their money. So managing their wills, their estates, uh, finances, anything under the money umbrella, they can also manage as well. Um, so the conservatorship process, it's, you know, you have to go to the courts, you have to file all of this paperwork, they have to do an evaluation of the person to see if they are or are not, um, you know, able or not able to take care of themselves. Um, it is an extenuous process, but, um, there's also another sort of aspect of it in that, um, and I'll kind of go into this later of how conservatorships have had to go through like reforms recently because of some of the not so great stuff that um, research has shown about them. Jesus. So a couple, couple of questions. Um, the first one being, I'm assuming Brittany is under the probate general. So the one that isn't quite as severe as like you're maybe mm-hmm. locked in a facility, although she was admitted against her own will. Um, and then, uh, you know, limited, obviously we know that like somebody is controlling her body, someone's controlling her medication, somebody's controlling her finances, whether or not she can drive. So I'm assuming she's under probate general. Is that right? So I actually don't know which level it is. And I think it's because some of this paperwork is not quite made obvious to the public. Like there are certain court documents that are others that are not. Um, I have no idea, but my assumption would be it is probate general. Either way, at this point in time, I don't believe that the there's any limitations on her father as to like how he's managing all of these things, just given you know the fact that she's being forced to utilize birth control, he's managing all of her finances, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my assumption would be it's probate general. Got it. Okay. Um, and then he was the one that was like, Hey, my daughter needs like to be under my fucking control. Cause you know, she's a 30 something or whatever, 20 something year old woman and clearly isn't capable of taking care of herself. Is that right? Basically. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Cool. I yeah, mean, my so mom- it can be, there's like a list of like people that can qualify to be a, um, conservator, but once again, it's, there's also like this other underlying term of like guardian, Yeah. But what the fuck does that even mean? But essentially it typically is a spouse or a family member, um, along those lines. But once again, the loophole of guardian, what, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Casual. Like literally my mom got mad at me the other day when I called her and I said like, fuck or something. And she was like, Alina Joan, I don't like when you talk to me like that or something. And I was just like, so don't fucking call me. Like, can you imagine if you're like, my mom literally tried to tell me like, don't you like, don't curse when you're on the phone with your mother. And I was like, yeah, no. So can you imagine if like your, you know, one of your parents was like, Mariana, you can't look Drive. That, that shit is triggering for me because as you know, I grew up in a pretty conservative household. And so everything that I did was like viewed with like a fine tooth comb, like 
they, you know, were like, who are you talking to? If I were going out with friends, who are you going out with? I need to drop you off and meet them. Um, you know, I need to know their parents. Like everything I did was under lock and key. And so for me, this is why I think it's such a big thing is because this is triggering as fuck. I think for a lot of people, because freedom is huge for us as humans, right? Like I want to be able to walk out my door and go to the grocery store without anybody telling me what I can, cannot wear, what I can and cannot do, how I can fucking get there. If I want to walk versus driving in a car. Um, so this is pretty wild as you can imagine. And I think the other thing to note too about conservatorships um, is that they aren't the only option. Um, so there are advanced medical directives that one can do. So it's almost like a will of saying like, hey, if I get to this certain point medically, this is the person who will be able to make all medical decisions for me. There's also power of attorneys that you can do of like, hey, if I were to ever get to this point, this is how I want my finances handled. This is what I want to happen with my estates, et cetera, et cetera. There are other legal ways in which you can have other people manage aspects of your life. Um, and so I think that's why conservatorships to me are so alarming because there are other avenues that aren't as severe or difficult to navigate in and out of. Um, so that's why I'm like, why was a conservatorship even utilized in, in this case instead of these other elements legally that could have been, and mind you, I'm not a lawyer. So of course there are probably flaws in some of my logic. I, I, I won't deny that, but at the same time, knowing that there are other <laughs> options out there, why did we go with the most severe that would control her to the like granularity to like what time she poops? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's wild to me. Yeah. I mean, so when she, you know, kind of had that episode, that's what I'm going to call it. Cause I don't, you know, I think I was mm-hmm. going to originally say like when she lost her mind, but I think that's, that's not cool. Right. Like Brittany, we love you. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to like continue to perpetuate this idea that she was like crazy because yeah. realistically who wouldn't be fucking crazy after, you know, everything that she went through as like a child. Um, but let's say, you know, she was deemed mentally incompetent, I'm assuming, which led to the judge being like, yeah, your dad can control whether or not you have a fucking IUD and whether or not you eat at 8am or 10am. Like, is that like, is that what happened? I'm still super like confused as to. Yeah. So with conservatorships, there's typically a psychological evaluation that needs to happen. Um, and, you know, I think that it's very interesting that, you know, our society, I think has evolved quite a bit, even over the last 10 years, to say the least, where, um, you know, mental health has become a very big thing in our day and age. And I think it's a very dangerous line to toe from mental health to mental incompetence, um, and I think in this case, given what Brittany had been going through, proceed, like sort of preceding all of the, preceding the conservatorship, um, I really don't think, like if it were to happen today, I don't necessarily think that she would have been labeled mentally incompetent. Mind you, we don't have access to the medical documents. We don't know what the psychological evaluation said. She may have an underlying condition, right, that would make her she needs some form of care. But like I said, I think when you look at the events that led up to her having sort of that, what people would perceive a mental breakdown, where she was held in a mental institution under a 5150, I believe, yeah. um, you know, like the media was coming after her for being a bad mother, 
right? Like 24 seven paparazzi was on her framing her to be a bad mother because she held her child in the front seat of the car, even though she was trying to run away from paparazzi and keep her kids safe. Um, you know, she was going through the divorce with Kevin Federline. So imagine you thought that you were going to be living your entire life with this human being and it ends up ending and ending tragically. And once again, people with a fine tooth comb are going through everything and being like, it's her fault. Um, and, you know, society was really breaking her down. And I think at some point she was like, I want to be my own person because there was also this point, right. Where I think Brittany was a revolutionary in a sense where she was like owning her sexuality and being this like woman, right. And a man's space in the music world. Like it was all about boy bands and she was coming in and like, I'm here, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like people framed her as the good girl next door. And then she, you know, was changing that and people didn't like it. People were like, no, you're not allowed to be human. You have to fit in this box that we want you to fit in. So people turned on her um, when she was trying to be a more authentic version of herself. Um, and so I, I just feel like it was a mental health issue. And I think that instead of garnering support, people tried to break her and made her feel that what she was doing was wrong. And the only reason why I think she agreed to the conservatorship was truly for her kids because they were going to prevent her from seeing her children. Mm. Um, once again, from a mental health versus mental incompetence standpoint, do I know, like, I feel like there's a lot of gray area there. And I feel like if this were to happen now, maybe she wouldn't have been labeled mentally incompetent. I also think the narrative would have been very different if it had been a male versus her. Like, imagine if it were Justin Timberlake who had gone through all of this versus Britney Spears, right? Like, I don't think this would have played out the way that it did. Um, it's just wild to me that we had to get to this point. And I also think what's wild as well, you know, when we're talking about mentally, mental incompetence, like that was the biggest thing that led to her not being able to assign her own legal support. So she had had a lawyer that she had gotten to kind of fight this conservatorship. And the judge said, I have this, this like evaluation here. I'm going to say that she's not mentally competent enough to hire her own legal team. And therefore I'm going to appoint her someone from the state. Like, could you imagine even from the get-go where you're trying to fight for your own rights and the judge from the get-go says like, nope, you're not mentally competent enough to do that because you, you know, I'm, I, once again, I don't know what the because was or the why was, but my assumption would be, oh, because you had a mental breakdown in public and you have two kids and, and all these things, I'm not going to let you have your own um, legal team. We're just going to appoint you someone from the state. From the get-go, you're being told that you can't hire your own legal team to fight I mean, for your freedom. Yeah, I think that that's just like fucking bad shit. And also like what what the fuck really goes on in the legal in the legal like world that clearly I, I, I don't understand anything about it. But like that a judge would be shouldn't we, I guess I would hope that like we would have enough faith in lawyers that they're going to do the right thing that they're gonna you know fight for her but not maybe do anything shady or sketchy or whatever like what was the judge scared of that's what I don't understand and now I have a lot of lawyer friends but <laughs> I'm like are you all fucking shady anyway um okay so I like I think you're so right. I think it's so fucked up that she had to maybe deal with this in a time where mental health wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't okay to talk about. It wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but more importantly, like, what does she do? Like, how does she get out of this? Because like, 
I'm ready for Brit Brit to release this music that she's been talking about <laughs> that she's excited about. I need, I think that after 2020, we all need some like a fucking upper to get through the rest of 2021 with the stupid Delta variant that I'm over. Um, so what do we need to do to get Brittany out of the situation? Because I think we're all ready for her to come back and 100%. give us what the people want. Give the people what they want. Um, so, I mean, that's a really great question and just, you know, it, it's a biggie. And I just want to preface once again, I'm not a lawyer, right? I did not go to law school, did not study for the LSATs. Uh, it is not an area of expertise that I even want to delve into because I feel like it's people's lives are in your hands. Right. Um, but from my own research and kind of going down this rabbit hole, it's a difficult process to be able to get out of the arrangement. I think it's important to provide a bit of context um, with what's wrong with conservatorships and why it's you know historically been a little bit of a sticky situation to navigate. Um, and so you can only imagine too, like this is Brittany, we're talking about someone who has money resources to fight this. Um, imagine what it's like for all of these other people who, who don't, right? So um, I'll go into a little bit of the history, you know, since this is based in California, I think specifically speaking to California law, it's important. Um, California went through massive reforms on conservatorships because of a bombshell four-part article that was made from was made by the LA Times back in um, I think it was 2005, and it showcased this gross misuse of conservatorships. They looked at about 2,400 cases in Southern California between 1997 and I think it was 03. Um, they found that more than half of conservatorships that were granted between 97 and 03 were granted on an emergency basis, which led to 56% of conservatives and their families not being given notice. So could you imagine you're sitting at dinner with your family, you got a knock at the door and someone's like, uh, hey, here's this like legal paperwork. Uh, you no longer are your own person. You are in a conservatorship uh, because someone has, you know, because of an emergency conservatorship that's been granted, uh, this person is now managing you and your finances, uh, 56%. Like, so, so does that mean that like, I could, someone could come and knock on my door, it's almost like being served. Yeah, basically to a degree, yeah. And I don't have to like appear in front of the, like, I, I don't, I don't have to go and be like, Hey, I'm like, I'm fucking okay. Like I had a bad day. I was PMSing or something yeah, like, so I, I can't do that under when, so from what I understand is that when it's an emergency conservatorship request, um, they basically, once again, they're under-resourced, underfunded. So they're more likely to grant them, um, and they're not going to do sort of the follow-up work immediately because it is on an emergency basis. So they're on a short timeline and they're like, okay, from what we're seeing data-wise, it makes sense. Approved. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Isn't that wild? You're no um, longer a person because you're, no longer you're a person. Because you got into an argument with your sister or something and yeah. they've decided that you it's should have a, kids. This is why, like, I think this shit is so insidious. Um, and then another thing is that 64% were granted, so conservatorships were granted without an attorney have, having been appointed to the conservative, 64%. And then on top of that, I think this is the big one here, a whopping 92% were granted before the court saw the court's investigative report on whether or not it was actually needed. 
that's just the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my time. I'm getting like angry. Do you hear? Like, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? You did this to people, but you did yeah. this, Brittany. Um, I mean, that's yeah. just the, the, like that. I mean, look, I, I don't know what exactly an emergency means. Like if somebody is, you know, sitting there with like a gun and saying, I'm going to kill myself and, you know, God forbid anybody else and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, maybe fine. Not that that's going to help in that particular situation. So I guess like, I, I don't really understand enough about what qualifies as an emergency, but I mean that, that is literally the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean by, I think like conservatorships are a lot more insidious than people think people think it's just like, Oh, it's just like another thing you appeal and it will be fine. And it's like, you guys don't even understand like yeah. these courts and these court investigators are already under-resourced and underfunded that like this shit keeps happening. But besides that, let me keep going through some more of like what this article actually said. Um, it kind of proceeded to talk about the misuse of power, how some conservators plundered people's finances, basically the conservatees' finances and the estate's wealth, how court supervision was inadequate. So meaning that like theft, incompetent and negligence, incompetence and negligence were purely overlooked by the court. Um, and court investigators were underfunded, though conservatorship cases kept increasing by 38% over those over those six years, I believe. Um, so they literally only had 10 investigators even throughout that increase. Um, and the statewide registry, which is supposed to document, there's a statewide registry, right? Um, they're, suppo- they're supposed to document when there's abuse, when there's neglect, um, when there's theft that happens within these conservatorships um, and it wasn't being used, though it's mandatory. <laughs> I love that you're just like, wait, how the fuck is this even reality? Yeah, like I, I don't even, I don't have words because I I don't understand that. Like mandatory, I don't know, maybe I'm just a rule follower that I'm like, oh, I, my, like, my manager tells me I should fill out this tracker even though I fucking hate track. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't understand <laughs> how I I just like can't even comprehend how you don't do something like that. But I guess my question is who's filing these claims, right? If you're filing a claim against me, I'm not going to fill that out. So is that what's happening or? So I think that the, um, the database itself is supposed to be filled out by court investigators and like the court, the people who are supposed to be supervising the conservatorship. Um, they're supposed to do like, I guess, like wellness check-ins in a sense, seeing how it's going. Um, and you know, they're not doing it or like, even if claims are coming in of like abuse or neglect, it's not being dealt with. Um, I, it's just, so disturbing. Um, and so once the LA times came out with that four piece article, it actually led to a 2006 reform on conservatorship law in California. Um, though they tried to fix a lot of these issues, the issue is that they didn't actually fund any of them. So imagine me like, yeah, we're going to fix all of these things on paper, but we're not going to give it the money that it needs so that the problems can actually be fixed and we can action on what the reforms are. So in 2012, the Mercury News did an article saying that much of what was blasted in the LA Times way back in 2005 was still happening now. Um, And, you know, AKA conservatorships is a dirty business where a lot of abuse and neglect is happening. So if you think Brittany has it bad, imagine all of these other people who are under this like same bullshit system 
and they basically have no voice and are completely forgotten. I mean, this is just, it's so sad. This is really making me so sad. And also it's pissing me the fuck off because you know how I feel about taxes in California. And mm-hmm. as I'm like driving on the 405 and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. boom. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, my tax great. money going up. Exactly, right? <laughs> it's like you take like 50 something, God knows fucking what percent of my damn money. And yet I don't have a damn road to drive on that I don't have to worry. <laughs> is the car just falling apart? That Brittany didn't get out, you know? No, I'm joking. But seriously, on, on a serious note, like, this is just, it's, I mean, it's just disgusting. It's appalling. Um, I, you know, am glad that hopefully somebody, you know, awful that sometimes these things take somebody's, you know, there's a collateral damage. Mm-hmm. I'm just hopeful that maybe this will highlight yeah, enough of this that someone will do anything about it. I but. mean, think about, I mean, the good thing is, is like actually in the past few days, um, I will say that the case is bringing to light a lot of the flaws of the system and it's giving a voice, like I mentioned, to the voiceless. So a couple of days ago, Congress just introduced a bill um, and mind you, it's only in the House of Representatives. So we're very much in the elementary phases of like getting this through Congress entirely so it can get passed as an actual law. Um, So they introduced a bill called like the FREE Act, and it's looking to bring protection and oversight against abuse conservatorships, um, which I think, I believe would be the first time that we're actually getting federal protection versus just leaving it to the states. I'm not going to hear that, but let's be real. We know how our, you know, uh, imagine this is like what shuts down the government. Like this is the next government in a federal (laughs) shutdown. It's like Britney Spears back with a vengeance, shuts down U.S. government because they couldn't come to an agreement. Now, uh, I mean, that would be, hopefully they do that. I think um, clearly there's some shit that needs to be dealt with. Um, but, you know, I guess TBD, and we can we can definitely follow up on this in another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now to like get to a little more of the gossip, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you you clearly are going to be able to, to dissect this much better than the rest of us would. Um, but like, what does it mean that her entire queen, uh, queen, her entire team has quit? Look at me, I'm even like, I'm like, Queen Godney, Queen Godney. Um, no, what does it mean that like her entire team has quit over the last like week, right? Like, so what's the gossip? What does it mean? What do we think? What are the conspiracy yeah. theories? The conspiracy theories. I'm just going to utilize that term now until it becomes mainstream and no longer has a negative connotation that it does. Um, so there's so many different pieces at play here. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of Bessemer Trust. So they were the organization that was coming in as a co-conservator over Britney's estate. Um, and they were there really to, in my opinion, to kind of take some of that power away from Jamie. Um, but after, you know, Brittany came out during the court hearing and sort of that bombshell speech of hers, uh, they dropped out. They basically said, you know, we want to respect her wishes, that she wants to be free. Um, and we're going to, to dip out of this co-conservator situation because we don't want to impede on her freedom. Uh, but it also kind of sucks at the same time because now we're back to Jamie being the sole conservator since the judge said that it was effective immediately. 
Got it. So Jamie, you now are free to go and spend $2 million on your own of her money on your own defense fucking. Yeah. So that's actually really funny because according to California law, when it comes to conservatorships, any cost that's over $5,000, it needs to go to the courts for approval. Um, but lo and behold, once again, because like money isn't going to any of this and it feels like most of the courts are probably inundated with other things that they consider to be high priority. Uh, they are not actually doing a very good job of auditing what's being spent. Um, that was actually Jamie, one of Jamie's arguments. He was like, everything I do has to go through the courts and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, but even though you say that, when you look at the court system and look at the flaws in the conservatorship bullshit within our legal system, that doesn't mean a damn thing because they're underfunded and people are just letting shit slide. Sorry. Well, they're probably just like, well, Brittany makes that in like an hour or she makes that off of like two Instagram posts. Although she doesn't really do any of that. So anyway, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, cool. So great. Jamie is back to just spending her money and doing whatever Basically. she wants. Like, Jamie, if you want to throw some my way, that would be great. <laughs> um, okay. So who else? So there's that. And then Larry Randolph, who is or was her longtime manager, also quit. Um, but he said supposedly that he hasn't been in contact with her for over two years, which makes sense. Cause it's kind of been during this COVID mess. Um, and also since she was just like, oh, I'm, you know, taking some time off and canceled the Vegas residency stuff. Um, but the thing is that I find interesting about all of this is she did mention during her court trial that her conservatorship plus management team have been punishing her and they deserve to go to jail. Like she said that during her court hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my opinion, though, he said that he had nothing to do with the conservatorship. He was kept in the dark. I think this is him being like, I'm not touching this shit with like a 5,000 foot pole. Like I'm gonna get the fuck out before my name gets smeared. Um, that's why I think he quit. I mean, I feel that. And it, and he must know that they're about to go fucking down, right? Yeah. Like I, He's I think- about to get canceled big time, 100%. Ooh. I mean, okay, for once I'm supportive of cancel culture. Um, <laughs> all right. Who who else? Um, so oh I'm sliding. <laughs> Literally in my chair. Like that's how ghetto this house is that my chair just started like sliding because you're just like <laughs> um, so all this information is just making you fall out of your seat. Can I say? <laughs> boom, boom. Boom, boom. Um, okay. So who else quit? Like, I, like, I'm not gonna lie. I obviously don't know all the details of this, but I know that they're literally like everyone's gone, right? It's like yeah. just her dad at this point. I think so. Um, so the other thing that happened recently too is Samuel Ingham. I think Samuel Ingham the third. So that's her actual court appointed lawyer since um, the judge in the beginning of, of this case, I believe in 08, um, didn't believe that she was competent enough to hire her own legal representation. So he was brought on by the court. Um, she essentially said outright that, you know, though they've developed a relationship, you know, cause it's mean, if you've been that long together, trying to fight conservatorship and deal with all of that, of course, there's going to be some kind of a relationship there, but he essentially was scared for her to come out publicly and kind of prevented her in a sense from coming out publicly with, um, how unhappy she was and how she didn't want Jimmy to be her conservator anymore. Um, and in a sense kind of scared her, dissuaded her from doing it. Um, and she did say that he never told her of her rights to be able to terminate the conservatorship, which is pretty negligent on his part. Um, 
So typically with lawyers, what they should be doing is sort of laying out all of your rights to you. So some cases get thrown out because the lawyer didn't, you know, and share all of the necessary information that you needed to know in order to make the best decision for yourself. Um, I can't remember what the legal term, it's like an incompetent representation or, or something along those lines. Um, so this is a pretty big one in my perspective, the fact that he did not tell her or inform her of the fact that she could, you know, request to end the conservatorship. Like that's pretty messed up. And so I'm glad that he stepped down and now she actually has like a really good lawyer um, on her. She hand. hired. Yeah. So the judge, uh, Brenda Penny, I believe is her name. Um, she granted Brittany the permission to hire her own legal representation. So it looks like there's a turning of the tides where even though we don't have the psychological evaluation, we don't really know what was the document, aka the smoking gun that led to the conservatorship. What we do see here, though, is that the judge now is clearly like, you are competent enough to hire your own representation. So I'll allow it. So that means to me that once again, shifting of the tides here. Well, good for you, Brittany. And thank you, Judge Penny. Um, but I, I, I guess like, you know, I don't know. I just watch a lot of like TV, as you know. So I wonder if the whole lawyer being scared is because like, let you know, we know that a lot of these public servants wonderful people. Like one mm-hmm. of my best friends in college is actually uh, like a public lawyer. Um, but I feel like, do they maybe have experience with like fighting shit like this, right? Like God knows that they're not paid what they should be. And it's oh, like 100%. awful. So, you know, he was probably like, shit, you know, like, look, I'm going to be kind to you. And I'm going to tell you that I'm here for you. And I'm going to develop this relationship with you because we're stuck with each other, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But like, he was probably fucking scared for himself, you know? And that's like, that's so shitty. I- I'm not, I'm not justifying it. I think that Jesus Christ, not even telling her what her rights are. That's bullshit. But like, I wonder if that's what it was, right? He was just clearly underpaid under or undervalued. We'll say, I don't know what he's making. I don't know if he had any additional compensation, but like, yeah, you know, I, I, I tried, I'm trying to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. He wasn't trying to fuck her over. He was just like, shit, I can't handle this. I don't think that it was insidious on his part. I think though, that he probably felt as if this will be a losing case if we try to fight this. So there's yeah. no point in bringing it up, right? Yeah. Because it is really difficult for a conservatee to terminate a conservatorship. Yeah. Um, it. Yeah. It's um, wild to me. Um, you know, I, I think this case and where it's at right now is really intriguing because a, we are seeing in real time, the turning of the tides where Jamie kind of held all the power, everything was kind of kept under covers and now it's just exploded and how it's grown in popularity in the public eye. Um, But also I think, you know, the reason why a lot of these people are dipping out um, is because nobody realized that she'd be able to accomplish what she's been able to accomplish thus far with the level of public support that she now has, which she didn't have before. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are realizing some of the er- error in their ways and how I think women in particular, and in her case, how she was viewed and vilified truly um, and lack of compassion for what she was going through. And now people are like, yo, she's a fucking human. She went through what she went through. She shouldn't be punished and her freedom taken away because of that. Um, like let's go through the proper channels. Let's see what we can do. We don't know. Once again, I think the tricky thing here is, is we don't really know 
like how she's doing from a psychological standpoint, like that information isn't public. So I don't want to make sweeping, um, sweeping statements, but from what I gather and from what I understand thus far, I feel like people are realizing that like, maybe the system was a lot more harsher than it needed to be when this was once again, more of a mental health issue than a mental competence issue. I love that you're so positive about that. To be honest, I, I like, I wish that I felt that way. I mm. think that there were all greedy motherfuckers taking a payday from her oh, 100%. wanted to keep her, you know, in this prison. Um, I, I don't think that it's out of the goodness of their heart. I don't think that they're all stepping oh, no. down. I think it's like, oh fuck, I'm about to ruin my own life. Let me get out of here before it all mm-hmm. comes to light. Take my winnings and get the fuck on with my life. And so like, maybe I am just like a negative Nancy. Maybe I don't like people that much. I don't know. I just, I no fuck Look, you. I'm not really to those people. Positive. Oh no, hundred percent. I'm not really positive about those people. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I do think that there is more of an insidious element with the fact that they, with what they got out of the conservatorship hundred percent. But I think that they're being really fucking smart about the fact that they're dipping out now. Cause they're like, okay, now like I'm going to be found out. So I'm going to dip yeah. out before more damage is done. Like that's it. Like I, I got them enough milk out of this cow. I'm moving on to other things. I think that's really what's happening here. But I think my positivity has more to do with, you know, I'm really glad, even though I know Brittany is suffering and this is not a fun thing to have had to deal with throughout her life. I think that, you know, in a sense, like she's a martyr for those who once again are voiceless, right. Who are under the same abusive system that our legal framework hasn't been able to support. And our state hasn't been able to support with properly funding and properly looking at this. Um, and I really hope that people, you know, outside of just the free Britney movement, right? Like she's been in hell, like let's free her. Like people are actually looking deeper and being like, wow, this is a really fucked up system. We need to do better not just for Britney, but for all of these other people who are going through probably similar things. Preach sis. I'm so, I feel like I'm like so sad about this whole situation, but no, to, to your point, I agree. I'm, I hope that, you know, we're going to get Britney out. She's going to become a lawyer. Kim K, where are you? We fucking needed you for this. Um, and you know, things, things will hopefully change, but I don't know. Um, you know, so, okay. I guess what are next, what are, what are next steps? Like she's requesting termination of this. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. that, you know, she's got her own lawyer. Yeah. Hopefully this person will fucking do something for her. A hundred percent. Um, I think he's like the best in the business, which makes sense. Like she's got the money. Of course, she's going to hire the best. Um, so yeah, I mean, next steps requesting termination of the conservatorship. She did say, um, during her court hearing that she didn't want to undergo another evaluation. Yes. That was the whole thing, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm a little concerned about. Um, just because if she can't prove via this, like cycle, I'm sure that there's a PTSD tied to it. Right. Cause she agreed to it the first time. And they basically said that she was mentally incompetent. So there's like a fear of like, well, what if they say that again, even though, you know, I think that she's doing okay. She might be a little quirky, but you know, I don't think that she's 
She's just dancing in the corridor of exactly. her Malibu mansion, twirling around and doing fashion shows. Well, she's decided to go topless recently. I don't know if you've noticed that. I think she's really oh, no. like, fuck you, dad. You can't tell me what I can wear. I'm going to dress like, you know, what I, literally she's been like Love that. <laughs> recently just like covering her boobs. And just um, doing her own thing. Yeah, today she posted like the same version of the one she posted. I think it was yesterday, mm. but she um, just put like stars over her nipples. So Good I don't know her. what that's about, right? Like more power. She's she's got the right things in place right now to move forward. Um, I'm really you know happy for her that she's just like I'm gonna live my life and be my best self on fucking Instagram, um, put stars on my tits. Um, I'm sure there's this level of like she just wants to relish in some of this newfound freedom and like being able to be seen by the public. I think that's the other thing for her is she's been put in a box and she hasn't been able to be her authentic self and she hasn't been able to live truly with how she wants to live. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of that quirkiness is totally fine because she's just like, this is who I am guys. Love me. And she's relishing in it. I'm here for it. Well, I am ready to see the real Brittany would love for her to, you know, do some choreography. Oh yeah. Maybe that isn't just like twirling. She's a great spotter, but, um, but yes, very, very, very excited. I will Um, say that the other thing that I found really intriguing, um, and I can't remember if this was in the court hearing itself or this was something that came out afterwards, but I'm going to assume that she's going to go after her father for negligence and conservatorship abuse, and she's she's going to sue his ass. Oh, she did. I think she's already charging. Oh, she already did. Okay, so there we go. And scene charging him. Uh, So very excited, Jamie. Karma's a fucking bitch. Hope she goes after the rest of those fuckheads too. Um, but yeah, I guess TBD on that. Like I said, this isn't constantly changing and evolving situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess we'll check back and whenever there's an update. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you, first of all, for teaching me about a conservatorship and all this fucked up shit and all the craziness that's going on in the world of Britney Spears. Cause as you know, I've just been watching it from the Instagram lens of like, Whoa, she's dancing again. Okay. Now she's got stars on her boobs. Okay. You know, why is she using this voice? Which, why do we think she uses that weird voice? So that's actually kind of interesting. Um, I don't remember if you like this was like a couple of years back where Paris Hilton. So as you know, Paris Hilton, another female figure from, when we were younger, um, she also had a fake voice. And I think a two years ago, maybe a year ago, she came out with a documentary. I think it was posted on YouTube. Um, and she had, she was using her real voice, which is a lot deeper than like the, that's hot um, voice that she used to use. And I honestly think it's, it's a persona, right? It's a, it's either like protective because you know, society has perceived you in a certain way and it's a brand that you have to uphold at that point. And like she, for Brittany, at least, I know that there is a definite PTSD on her end of when she tried to be off brand um, and be more herself where society ended up turning on her. So I can maybe understand why she would want to appear more like childlike and have like this kind of a voice. I don't know though. I honestly have no idea. I didn't think of it of as clearly naturally. I didn't think of it in that, in that context. And I feel like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I prefer the real Britney voice. Cause this, this one just like, I can't listen to it. When I read the transcript from her hearing mm-hmm. that I, you know, I read part of it. Um, it was too much reading 
for me. It was like 20 minutes long or something like that when she spoke it. And I read it in her Instagram voice and I'm not going to lie. I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Is she lucid? Is she capable? I really did think that. I know that's like so fucked up, but that's the truth. Yeah. But then I watched it and she was talking in maybe not her natural voice, but she was definitely speaking in a much more like neutral tone. Yeah. She wasn't like, oh my God. So it it was, it was Mm -hmm. better, we'll say. And I felt like, oh, okay. Yeah. She seemed okay. I think that there's a protective mechanism aspect of this um, or a brand aspect of this. And I would not be, um, I would not be surprised if we kind of see this weird flip-flopping with her because there is a protective element that she wants to pursue because of the way that the media and the way that society came after her back in 07, 08 and preceding a lot of the things leading up to the conservatorship. Because once again, when she was her authentic self, look at what happened to her. She basically got years of her freedom taken away. Imagine what that Mm -hmm. does to someone's psychology, like their own psyche of like, wow, I try to be who I wanted to be and look at the way that the media framed me. Look at the way that like society shat on me. Look at how like now my dad is controlling every aspect of my life. So I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of see her struggling with trying to maintain her actual persona, authentic self in comparison to a brand. And I feel like she's probably overcorrecting at this point, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you have, they always say, if you have a kid and the parents are super strict or, you know, they are very conservative and then it's like the girl who's made to wear turtlenecks and like long skirts, you know, and then she goes off the fucking deep end the minute that she has, she tastes freedom. Um, and you know, suddenly she's like a little skank letting it up all over wherever, you know, I, I, she's like, not just like, yeah, it's like, not only can I talk to a boy, but like, Whoa, I can fuck him too. And I can give a blowjob, you know? So I, I feel like it's probably a little bit of that too. Like she's literally going from like, Holy shit, I can't control my own life or, you know, have a baby if I want to. And now she's literally like, fuck it. I'm taking off my clothes. Like literally, I feel like, so, um, I wonder if that's part of this new series on her Instagram. It could be, it really could be. I mean, like, think about it, you know, with, when it comes to Britney and sexuality, like that was the biggest thing that a lot of people shot on her about, right. Is that like, all of a sudden you have this woman who was supposed to be the perceived like a girl next door. Um, and then once she started to tap into her femininity and sexuality, all of a sudden everyone was like, what was it? The governor of some governor's wife at some point was like, if Britney Spears came here, I'd shoot her. It's like, why would you see something so like vile like that? But it was because people were like, oh, my children listen to Britney. You know, she's part of one of those socializing factors that's going to, you know, help shape their perspective on the world. And I don't want, you know, a slut to, to, to like be one of those people kind of thing. And so people were visibly upset about it. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I think women tend to get vilified quite a bit when they do lean into their sexuality, though personally for me, you know that I find it to be the most powerful fucking thing a woman has, or one of the powerful things that a woman has. Um, and I think we should lean into it more. So I'm kind of excited to see Brittany's transformation in that regard. Yeah. And I mean, she's going to be very happy to know that nowadays clothing is optional. The clothing is very optional. It's like, it's like you don't even have to wear a bra nowadays. I mean, I, oh, I literally- don't. 
I don't wear bras anymore. Um, although my, my boobs, as you know, have gone through this little growth spurt over the last like month or so. And I I didn't know that that could happen at 31 years old. And so I'm like, "Mm, maybe I should start wearing some push-up bras, like take advantage of these, these puppies. Um, I mean, the rest of me is getting fatter too, but uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take the wins with the, with the losses. Um, but you know, like I, I literally like go to the beach sometimes and I'm like, holy shit, I am a fucking like loser, but Brittany's going to fit in is what I'm saying. I don't know if she's been like actually had access to the outside world, but if she doesn't, she's going to be so happy to know that, you know, you don't, you clothing is optional. So mm-hmm. I feel like she's going to get that back and she's going to be able to, to be herself. And I also am very excited to yeah. see what this means. Um, so I guess the only other thing that I thought was really interesting and I'm not really sure what's going on. Cause there hasn't been any, to my knowledge, clear, I guess, information or call outs about what's going on, but this fucking drama between her and Jamie Lynn. And I also want to know like, where the hell is her mom in all of this, right? Like her dad. So her mom has actually gotten involved in the case and she's the one oh. who, um, actually, I think she had asked the judge to allow for Brittany to hire her own representation. So her mom is getting more and more involved. Um, and her mom is all for supporting her daughter and getting out of the conservatorship. So her mom is, is team Brittany. We're here for it. Well, that makes me so happy. I know. In Good regards job, to, Lynn. Right? But in regards to her sister, I honestly have no fucking idea. I honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Jamie Lynn. I remember like some Nickelodeon show she did way back when that ended up getting canceled because she got like pregnant when she was young. I, that's about as much as I know about her. She's irrelevant in my mind. No, no, a hundred percent. But I know that there was, there was some kind of like drama again, social media, Jesus Christ. Like, don't get me wrong. Facebook, you, you, you pay my, you pay my bills inadvertently, but, or indirectly, but, um, like something happened where I guess Jamie Lynn, she posted something and it was like in support of her sister, but she didn't call that out. And then Brittany yeah. like shot fired back with this other post yeah. that basically was like, fuck you, you suck. You've done nothing for me. And then she like Jamie Lynn, like went back and changed her caption. And a, I wish that I cared enough about anything to like follow up on a caption that someone posted and then draw the lines between like, Ooh, this is their fight. It's like a caption fight. Like I, oh, that me. that is just so crazy to me. Maybe I'm going to pick a fight with my sister via a caption. I think I'm going to do that. Get um, out of here. <laughs> I'm scared of my sisters. I would never actually do that. You know, that she literally has like, like we've had, are scared yeah. of her sister. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, we've had one physical altercation in our lives and it resulted in me having to bite her because she, she didn't even do anything. She beat the shit out of me. So, uh, and by that, I mean, she scared me and I was just on the ground between her legs, but um, I'm going to try that. I'm going to be like, but I, I don't know what I would say, but, uh, but I'm going to try that out. And I guess TBD on, TBD. we'll make it like a little not... study. We'll look at the research. We'll see what your sister's reaction was, you know, do a compare and contrast. I love causation, that. not correlate correlation, not causation, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> yes. We're going to, we are going to bring some data points to <laughs> the beauty and the brain moving forward. Oh, Lord. Um, some groundbreaking evidence that will maybe shape the future of the free Britney movement. Um, okay. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us for our second ever episode of the beauty and the brain. Um, next week we'll dissect the second most important legal battle of 2020 slash 2021. 
the Erica Jane slash Girardi situation for those of you who are real housewives of Beverly Hills fans. If you're um, not, get the fuck out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but seriously, but really. R-H-O-B-H uh, for the win, ride or die. Thank you very much. Um, Erica Jane is probably my favorite housewife. And so I'm really, really excited um, at looking at what's going on with her and her well, current husband, soon to be ex-husband. Um, anyways, we'll go into that much deeper next episode. Uh, be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, tweet us at the Beauty and Brain and follow us at the Beauty and Brains podcast on Instagram. We'll talk to y'all later.